Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another Espresso Shots episode of T4C. If you're interested in breaking into the world of career coaching to help job seekers navigate their job search, then this is the episode for you because my next guest is the founder and lead coach at Career Therapy, a company that helps people get unstuck in their career search. After graduating from college in 2010 during the last Great Recession, Martin set off on a decade-long career in marketing and advertising, where he helped Fortune 500 companies use behavioral psychology to drive user behavior. He started off working at the Discover Card before moving to Mark USA, a privately held U.S.-based advertising company with over 200 employees. And then most recently, he worked at Udacity as a project manager and senior career advisor, where he coached hundreds of students on their career journey. Martin is also the host of the fantastic Career Therapy podcast, as well as the host of daily live streams every weekday morning on LinkedIn and YouTube. So you got to make sure to follow Martin on both platforms. Martin, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Could always use more of a feeling good today. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And I love when I do see you on your LinkedIn lives and you've always got like your massive coffee cup. Is there actually coffee in there? Today, no. Today, it's just uh, water. Unfortunately, I'm in a co-working space, but... uh, Boy, I could use a little more. (laughs) Okay. Well, I wish I could help you out, but because we're virtual, not today, maybe another time. (laughs) It is what it is. So let us dive into our 10 espresso shots, which we are framing around being a career coach, which is super cool. And we're going to talk about how you actually got started on this when you were in university, when you were at DePaul. So first shot, what entry-level jobs are available to young people, Martin, who want to break into career coaching? Absolutely. So career coaching is a pretty interesting field, and it's one that's been growing a lot lately. So more and more as the years go on, entry-level roles for specifically career coaching are more common. But when I was coming up, there weren't really entry-level career coaching roles, or at least none that I knew of. And so if I really trace it all the way back, even before my days in marketing, my earliest experience and, and sort of entrance into the world of career coaching was back in college. I became a residential advisor, an RA, 
for the last two years that I was at uh, university. And in that time, I spent a lot of my hours, uh, you know, talking with students and helping them navigate what it's like to be in college, all these freshmen coming in from all over the world, just trying to figure things out. And so I would help write resumes and I would help do cover letters and I would introduce people for internships and all sorts of different things. And I had no idea at the time that that would eventually be what I was going to be doing full time for my career. But it was a really great sort of insight into the university system, the education system. I got to really see behind the scenes of how the organization worked and really got wide experience of what everyone's journey is like, how everyone's coming from a different state, a different country, a different place, and all of them have different dreams and ambitions. So it was a really, you know, amazing entrance point for me at the time. And what about for those, let's say for our young listeners who may have already graduated, so it's too late for them to try out being an RA, what are some other entry-level jobs that they should keep their eyes out for in this industry writ large? Absolutely. So the best places to look are schools. Boot camps are popping up all over the place for coding, UX design, data science, cybersecurity, et cetera, et cetera. And they're they range from being very large to very small. And so if you can get into a university, into their careers department, or a boot camp onto their careers team, those are always great places to start. They're looking for all sorts of different types of people. So if you're into diversity and inclusion, that's also a really big thing in these areas. And, and I would just say, build your own things as well. The way that I really kind of cut my teeth on the industry was doing career coaching before I even knew what it was. I was just sitting with people and letting them complain about work for hours on end. <laughs> and, and I was like, I guess I have one of those phases that people open up to. Like my managers would come talk to me about what they wanted to do after uh, they left this company. And, and that really brought me to a place where I was like, oh, wait, I guess I have a bit of a skill here. Let's keep going. And so the more people you can talk to and just be a sort of a fly on the wall and listen at first before you start giving advice. I think that's always a great place to start. Wonderful. Well, you do have one of those faces. I can see Martin <laughs> right now. He has a very nice face and hopefully you will see him, whether it be on LinkedIn or YouTube, and then you can let him know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> so Martin, what about hard and soft skills? What in your opinion are useful hard and soft skills for someone to have that you look for in the young people that you hire? Yeah, I think more and more the ability to communicate both interpersonally as well as digitally is incredibly important. I work with people who are going to boot camps, going to school for very specific hard skills. They want to be a coder. They want to be a UX designer. They want to be a cybersecurity analyst. And then they get to the end of their programs and they go, all right, now give me a job. I have the hard skills. And the unfortunate thing there is that the job search is its own process with its own set of skills. And so the more you can get good at communicating, interpersonally listening as much as you know, really honing that listening muscle and then being able to create content, knowing all the different platforms to do video calls, although that's becoming more and more common as people work remotely, understanding how audio editing, video editing, and social media and all those different platforms work, you're just going to be more dangerous and be able to get in front of more people. And especially if you want to be a career coach, getting your advice out to people is really the goal at the end of the day. So 
if you know how to write a good email, if you know how to communicate with people through every single form of communication, the more agile you'll be. So what about for the career coaches? Are you saying definitely you want to know how to edit? You want to know how to send emails? You want to know how to interact with your colleagues? Are those the foundational skills that you're looking for? Those are the foundational technical skills. You should be able to do all of the things to some degree, right? Um, especially because you're going to spend a large amount of your time on virtual meetings and creating content and trying to get people to engage. The hardest thing for a career coach when you're working with people and they're emotionally distressed and they're having a hard time is getting them to re-engage, getting them to open up, getting them to respond to your emails. So if you don't know how to do those things, people will just disappear. And you don't want that because you're trying to help them. And so the better you can get at engaging people, the stronger you'll be at getting your message out there. And then I would say the soft skills, like those are the hard skills. The, the soft skills you need is empathy. Like you need to be able to sit with someone who's crying. You need to be able to sit with someone who's really struggling. It's not being a therapist, but in a way, there's a lot of those elements in there where folks are coming to you at the hardest point in their career journey. And if you just tell them, go find your passion and send them back out the door, they're going to be pretty emotionally distraught. So you have to give structure and have empathy and kind of meet them where they are in the process in order for them to feel comfortable enough to open up and engage. Such great insights. What about someone's major? You mentioned they're not quite a therapist, but would it be helpful if they studied psychology or if they studied sociology or does the major matter at all? It's a great question. I think there's a lot of different types of career coaches. I'm definitely one with a marketing background and a love for psychology. So I heavily immerse myself in cognitive behavioral therapy techniques and marketing techniques. And I kind of merge those two things together. But I wouldn't say that that's every career coach. I'm sure there's plenty of career coaches that are heavily data focused and they go and help schools with the data side of things. But generally speaking, if you can take some... And everyone would benefit from taking marketing classes. You don't necessarily have to be a marketing major, but understanding how communication and media works is, is really helpful in your career regardless. Taking psychology classes, I plan on taking more. I would actually love to get trained to a much higher degree in cognitive behavioral therapy and different systems like that something on my list of things to do. But it is something that I think will help you be more empathetic, more understanding, give people more tools and resources. But at the end of the day, I feel that career coaches come from a lot of different walks of life. The best thing a career coach can have is some sort of experience in an actual industry, right? You want someone who has worked in a corporate environment or in a startup or has been part of a team that's you know, maybe difficult to be on so that they can have some empathy for you when you're on a team and it's a struggle or when you're trying to get on a team and you're trying to navigate that process. Um, the more exposure you can have to different types of industries and different types of roles, the better. I, I'm really grateful that I spent so many years at so many different companies to really get the full scope. So when someone talks about how startups are hard, I can relate. When they talk about how the corporate environment can be a bit stuffy, I can relate. It's really nice to be able to pull from those past experiences. I couldn't agree more as somebody who is now on her fourth or fifth industry, depending upon how you count it. Now, why do you think marketing is such an important skill set 
to have for somebody who wants to be a career coach? I think if I really boil it down and take away my cynicism, marketing at the end of the day is communicating concisely. And so one of the biggest issues people have in their job search is that they're over communicating, they're over explaining, they're over justifying, and they don't know how to simplify things. And so that's actually where, you know, if we rewind all the way back to when I was in college and helping people as an RA, they would give me a three page resume and I'd be like, what is this? Like I was a design student. I was a marketing student. I was like, no one's going to read this. And you think about Nike, it says, just do it. It doesn't say a hundred things about running that you'll never read. Right. And so we need to think a little bit more mindfully about how we're getting the message across and realize that the person reading your resume is only going to spend six to 60 seconds on it. The person who's going to look at your cover letter is just going to skim it. And if you give them a booklet versus a billboard, it's just not going to get through. So my favorite quote is, uh, I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. Just kind of showing how (laughs) difficult it is to simplify uh, information. So a big piece of what I do is I listen to someone talk for 30 minutes and I give them a two sentence elevator pitch. And they're like, how in God's name did you do that? And I'm like, I've been studying this stuff for a couple decades now. (laughs) It's a fantastic skill set to have. What about a grad school degree, Martin? You mentioned that perhaps you'll go on to continue your studies in psychology, but you could also get certifications. You don't necessarily have to go and get an MA or even a PhD. Mm -hmm. Do you think it is useful for someone to have a master's or an advanced degree? And if so, what kind would you recommend? It's a question I'm still exploring personally and in the advice that I give. I find that the one thing people should do when they think about continued education is a cost-benefit analysis and really make sure there's an ROI there. One of the reasons I haven't just jumped in with both feet and getting a psych master's or something like that is that I've yet to really have a great conversation with someone who said it was super worth it. (laughs) I've actually talked with a lot of people who are like, I got my PhD and it was a couple hundred thousand dollars and I make less money than you. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) hard to justify. So I think in my case, it's going to end up being a passion thing. Like I'm going to want the education more than the document. And I think for individuals, it really has to come down to, do you have the money? And is it worth your time? And I think there's plenty of other options. You know, I've definitely taken a lot of online courses about psychology. They just don't really carry the gravitas that a, a degree would. But it's helpful to have that information regardless in my mind. And so, you know, I don't have a perfect answer on whether it's worth it or not because I think it's so individualized. But I think generally speaking, what I would say don't do is don't go get more education as a way to postpone the job search. That's the thing I see the most. And I call it productive procrastination. People who are like, well, I need another certification or I need another thing before I go apply, before I go network. And in my mind, I'm like, I became a career coach before I even knew what a career coach was. And so I think it's the opposite. It's start doing it. Then you'll find out if you like it. I mean, obviously, this doesn't work for a doctor or a surgeon or something, but start doing like for, for easier to access fields, start doing it 
you know, if you want to be a marketer, go try and sell something to someone and market something. And you'll find out pretty quickly if you really like doing that or not before you pay for a degree. I love the go hack it. Go, just go do it. Go try it out. Specifically, what kind of life experiences, if any, do you think are most useful for someone starting out in this career? And it could be something as random as coming from a large family or living in a small community or in a big city, whatever it is. What do you think would be useful, Martin? The, the big family one is funny. It kind of hits me. His heart is me because I, I grew up in, with four brothers and, and a big family. And my family was very focused on go get jobs. Uh, so I was creating resumes at a very early age. I was, I remember at like 11, I was walking around the neighborhood passing out flyers for my grass mowing business and things like that. The grass mowing business didn't work out too well, but babysitting went all right. And I think that there's, there's something to be said about that. But I think personally, the best experiences that I've had in regards to my career coaching work has been letting things go wrong in my career and seeing what happens. Not letting them go wrong, like purposely making them go wrong, but like when things go wrong now, I kind of look at it through a, this will be an interesting story that I can use in my coaching. So uh, a few years back, I was uh, working a job and I had applied for uh, another job at another company and I got the job and I turned it down only to two weeks later be laid off because the co company pivoted to another sort of business uh, focus, uh, one from B to C to B to B. And I just remember sitting there the night that the schedule went on my calendar and I went, Oh, I'm getting laid off tomorrow. Cause I saw the meeting get put on my calendar. I, you know, you can kind of assume these things sometimes you, you see it coming and uh, the whole team got laid off. Even the person who laid me off, but it was one of those funny moments where I remember sitting there going, finally, I get to put laid off into my list of stories for being a career coach of things that I understand. And I get to, I, I've quit jobs before, but I've never been laid off before. So it was one of those like funny things where now Check every the time, box. Exactly. So now every time something goes wrong, I go, now I can empathize with people who have been laid off. Okay, what's next? And I've purposely bombed interviews before just to experience how bad it can get. <laughs> and and you know like not prepare how how good can i do with no preparation just to i mean i'm a naturally anxious person so i'm always trying to test that muscle and see how far i can push it you're out there on the high wire aren't you <laughs> try to be sometimes Woo! i love it adrenaline junkie <laughs> mm -hmm. so martin what is the best part for you of being a career coach. The best part for me is being able to see so much, to, to be able to see so many different types of people and careers. You know, growing up and, and going into marketing and starting a job in a very corporate environment, I felt like I'd only had really like a narrow window into the world of work. And that created a lot of anxiety for me because I was so nervous to lose that job and so nervous to like, what would happen if I lost this job? I, my life would be over. And I feel like those thoughts were, were really prevalent early in my career, especially because I'm an anxious person. And so as a career coach, and again, this even happened years before I became a career coach, but I started seeking people out who had vastly different kinds of careers than I did. And being able to be like, Oh wait, you did, 
you had a whole different life before this job. And you, you like, you were a dentist and now you're a cybersecurity expert. Just seeing how, how much variety there is in people's lives and how not cookie cutter things are and how non-linear things are. And I'm entrepreneurial right now. I'm building my own company. I'm doing my own thing. I'm contracting. I'm doing a bunch of stuff. And there's times where you're like, where is this all going? What am I doing? And, and if this fails, what do I do next? And it's great to talk to someone who's in their mid-50s and they're starting completely over and just doing something completely different. It's like, okay, there really is no end point to this. You know, I'm sure when I'm 65, I'm going to feel just as driven and, and focused and young as I do now. And maybe that's, you know... I'm, I feel like a six-figure already sometimes, but uh, there's there is just so many different ways to live your life, and I think that that's been the most rewarding piece of it is just being able to peek into so many different perspectives and and get a sort of vicarious look at the world. In my experience, and I'm curious if this resonates with you from interviewing so many different professionals over the course of the last several years, and then of course, coaching students, but the students are at the beginning Mm -hmm. of their career journey. My takeaway is to be incredibly optimistic and hopeful. Like I don't feel at all the doom and gloom, especially for these young people, because Oh my gosh, there's so many different directions they can go in. I don't know if that resonates with you. Yeah, every college student I talk to, because I do coach college students too, they're like, if I don't choose the right job out of college, I'm screwed. And I'm like, yeah, you're not. Like, like you're. My favorite thing to do is put a grid of circles on the wall. I have have this at home. A hundred circles. Let's say you can make it to a hundred years. Go you. And just fill them in. And look how many circles you fill in for your age. And I'm going to turn 32 this year. So I look at the list and I go, there's a lot of circles left. And really, I've only been productive in like seven of these. So I think there's a lot of time left to figure it out. And uh, there's a lot of time for a lot of different things and uh, trying to not get overwhelmed by the possibility or the, you know, really at the end of the day, no one knows what they're doing. Everyone's just kind of figuring it out. So whatever stress you're under or comparison you're putting yourself through or whatever it's, you know, the person that's interviewing you is just as oblivious about their career as you are. So worry a little less about it. Oh my goodness. Please take that in dear listeners, because you are going to have a very long professional journey and it is a journey. It's a journey of self-discovery and learning and failing, which is learning and growing and all of that. And those first few jobs, in my opinion, do not matter. They really don't. All right. Let's look at the flip side, Martin. So a lot of stuff you love. What is the part of your current job as the founder and the chief coach at career therapy that sucks the most. I'm sorry. I almost left off the last part of the question. Yeah. What is the part that sucks the most? The second guessing, I think sometimes. So I am running my own business and doing my own thing. And I'm 
also contractor at a number of different schools. And, you know, I think it's great that I'm always on the hunt for the next thing and always looking for new contract opportunities, speaking opportunities, new clients and everything. But one of the toughest parts about being a coach is, you know, you work with a person for a time, they get a job and then they're gone. There's no, I'm sure there's ways to do it and maybe I'll explore these more, but it's not like repeat business for 10 years, right? So you're kind of always at square one in some ways where you're like, okay, I got that person a job. Oh, I got to go find someone new to coach, you know? And so I've sort of buffered that with working with schools, tapping into pipelines and, and different things like that. But I think generally speaking, there's a lot of pressure to become a personality and a lot of pressure to sort of become an influencer type. And I also think there's a lot of pressure to be toxically positive about everything. If you go on Instagram, it's just like, it's, it's just everyone should live their purpose and everyone should live their dream. And if you're not living your dream, you suck. And it's like, geez, like chill out Instagram. Like people are just trying to figure it out. And so I, I very much prefer a more realistic kind of middle of the road, sort of like, yeah, there is some bad, but there's also good and you can find the positive. A big thing for me is not to get people to love the job search because it would be a crazy thing to fall in love with, but you can at least be neutral about it. So I'm always trying to get people to be more neutral. And uh, I don't know, there's sort of this, you, you see people who are just obsessively positive about everything and they get all the likes and all the follows and everything like that. And there's a lot of comparison. So if you're going to be on social media, it sort of comes with a little bit of comparison and the typical mental things that come with social media. So I think that that's maybe one of the areas that I struggle with the most of like how much time should I spend on social media and how much weight should I give it when I am coaching hundreds of people and they're all enjoying the coaching experience. But for some reason, the social media makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. Mm. So I feel like that sort of push and pull. It's like, I'm very successful. Also, I go online and I don't feel successful. So I, everyone experiences it, but it's definitely when you're running your own business, something that comes to mind. We'll have to talk after we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> so three final espresso shots. What? is the best career advice you've ever gotten, Martin? Best career advice? You know, I'll, I'll say one from my dad. He said, make hay while the sun is shining. And I took that to heart early on. Um, so when there are opportunities, take them. And then figure out what you're doing with it. I think sometimes we overanalyze an opportunity. Is this going to be good? Are these the right people to work for? Should I spend my time here? Is it going to be a good workplace or a toxic workplace? Just do it. Just do it. If it's toxic, leave. If it's, if it's a great job, stay. I've been in jobs that are really toxic. And I've been in jobs that are really great. And I've learned from both of them. So I say go for it and make hay while the sun is shining. I love that. And I'm with you. I think this like over scrutinizing and angsting and all of this about should I go with the bird in the hand or should I keep looking? Should I keep this? It's like, do you think it's something that you could be interested in? If it is, just do it. As you yeah, said, and, it's a great and slogan. Every, and every job sucks a little. So like, People are always looking for their dream job. And that's like the name of everyone's coaching course. 
But at the end of the day, there is no such thing. Because as soon as you get the dream job, you're going to plateau. And the number of times I'll go from a phone call with someone who's like, I just, my dream job is to work at Google. And then the next phone call I have is, I need to get the hell out of Google. It's like, (laughs) it's fascinating. I am with you. I am with you 100%. There is no such thing as a perfect job. Mm -hmm. There's a job that has a lot of parts of it that you love, but there are always going to be parts that suck. That's why I ask you that question. All right. We're getting down to the to the wire here. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu shows or books, Martin, do you think accurately depict this profession? It's a great question. I haven't come across much in my pop culture about career coaches. There was this like YouTube show back in the day about residential advisors. I don't even know if you can find it on the internet anymore. I think it was might have been pre-YouTube. I honestly, I haven't come across too many things that represent career coaches incredibly well. So I'll just pivot it a little bit. I think Goodwill Hunting and Robin Williams's portrayal of a therapist is really interesting and something that if you want to look at and then now and analyze his listening and empathy, I think that that's a really good place to start. It's funny when you were starting to answer the question, Goodwill Hunting popped into my head. <laughs> Finalist for Asusha, what would Java junkies be surprised to learn about career coaching? A surprise about career coaching is the sheer amount of people you're going to talk to. Like you're going to talk to so many different types of people and they're going to be radically honest with you very quickly. I've had people talk to me about their mental health, their divorce, their suicidal tendencies, like in the first call that I have with them. So again, maybe I just have one of those spaces that people open up to, but generally speaking, like, you are going to get insights into a lot of private parts of people's lives. And your job isn't to fix those things. Your job is to be understanding of those things and help reformulate, reformat the coaching around that stuff and the things that they need. So I always like to give people options of now that we know that, how would you like to engage in coaching rather than be like, well, here's what you should do your mental health. It's like, it's their decision of what they should do with their mental health. So the job, most people struggle with their careers, not because of their careers. They struggle with their careers because of their lives. And so helping them fix their job is helping them fix a piece of their life, but they also need to be working on the other pieces of their lives as well. And so being able to walk that line is a, is a tough line to walk, but it's, it's a rewarding one. That is really profound. Thank you for sharing that. Martin is the founder and lead coach at Career Therapy. He also hosts a podcast by the same name, which you can get on pretty much any listening platform, as well as his morning show on LinkedIn and YouTube that you're going to want to check out. So follow him, Martin McGovern. And he also has a great course called Unstuck in Six, which you can find on the Career 
therapy website. Martin, thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. This was just wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.